Well, greetings, and welcome to another episode of the Batman Men. The ba- yeah. Oh, sorry. No. Oh. Okay. Listen. No. 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 When I said when we sat down and we were figuring out what we were going to call the show, and I put that <laughs> name forward, you crapped all over it. You said there's no way we can call ourselves that. It's trademarked. It sounds <laughs> stupid. And now here. Just without conferring with me first, you're just going to jump out of the gate and call us the Batman men? I'm just, listen, all I'm saying is... Damn it. Th- things change. Back when we had that discussion, we were the James Bond men. Now we are no longer well, we were that. The, well, the Star Wars men. We did Star Wars before anything else. That's true. And a lot of our, and a lot of our potential names, like we, we had a couple of name ideas that were like run on other, like, you know, a right. play on movie lines and mm. a lot of those were i still like this is not the podcast you're looking for yep um but i was worried you know i think we were worried that people <laughs> would go oh shit well i better keep looking then <laughs> yeah and then afraid people literally would take everyone literally. would pass it by exactly yeah. so uh mm-hmm. yeah this is the show where if this is your first time it's a show where we talk about movies uh, we review movies, we occasionally review TV shows, we occasionally just talk about movie-related things, um, and yeah, it's typically a lot of fun. Um, we've been working through a series, uh, and by that I mean we've done one entry, this will be the <laughs> second entry. We've done a couple series. We seem to be, as someone alluded, we seem to kind of almost be the franchise men now. Um mm. Yeah, we do a peppering of 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 uh, other films here and there, but we do like to find um, we do like to find a series to kind of work through um, or a category. And it is, so it, uh, it we, did a, it, we did it with fun, Star Wars. Yeah, it's a fun continuity to kind of go through. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we did it with Star Wars. We did it with James Bond, impressively. Uh, and I just saw a link online the other day, which said, uh, I didn't click on it because I was like, oh, well, that ship sailed. But there was what? like, what? The, head, the headline of the link was like, um, make $1,000 by watching watching all of the 007 films leading up to No Time to Die. And I was like, what? well, it's not even worth it at can this we, point. Can we claim it retroactively at all? That's what I'm wondering. I'm like, you know, is it like filing taxes where you're like, okay, well, in the calendar year of, (laughs) you know, and we have evidence, we have proof. Oh, we We do. Documented proof. Um, But yeah, we did 007. (laughs) We did Harry Potter, uh, which we will revisit for the Fantastic Beasts franchise. I literally forgot all about Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. That was a thing. Well, so did... So did Dumbledore. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then we're currently working on Black Mirror, uh, but we're also doing Batman. We're doing doing the history of Batman through live action Batman through film. Mm. Uh, so we did the 1969, 66, 67, 60, 66. I think it's 66. Yeah, I've got it written down. Um, Adam West. Burt Ward, Batman. Um, we spent a lot of time. It was it was both mine and Pete's first time watching it. Although I'm a big Batman nut, like a big Batman, like like walnut. Um, <laughs> I had never seen it. No, you had never seen it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and we spent a lot of time kind of shitting on that film. Like, I I, can't, I rode to its defense a couple of times. I said, like, hey, you well, did. but it is significant because of this and this and this. And if you take the fact that it's 66 and what the comics and source material was like at the time and, 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 then there are bigger dumpster fires than this. Um, <laughs> but overall... It wasn't that great. We both we both kind of didn't, you know. It wasn't. I think I think it was like aside from maybe cats. It could be like the the second our second least favorite film that we've talked about. Oh yeah, I'd be like tr- like that we've yeah. both that we've both agreed on. I'd be challenged to find. Yeah, I can't think of anything that's worse. To to uh, just add on to what you said, like you did ride to its defense to some degree. I kicked it while it was down. I rounded up. I gave it a one out of ten. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's I can't. I think I gave it like a four, mm-hmm. four something, four point four or something. Yeah. Um, and so we're moving on. We're moving on to the next one, which is the nineteen eighty nine Tim Burton Michael Keaton Batman. But mm-hmm. before we get to that, I have a few words that I would like to say. Interesting. Okay. If you will allow me. Oh, of course. All right. Elucidate. Non sequitur. Obfuscate. Perfunctory. Perpetuity. Psychosomatic. Defenestration. That's it. Those are those those were the words I wanted to say. Why? Well, so let me let me let you in on something. Um, sure. And this is this is genuinely candid. I have not, uh, you know, it's like a magic trick, sir. Have we have we met before? <laughs> no. We haven't we haven't discussed this. Uh, I had someone reach out to me, someone who listens to the show, an avid listener of the show. I would say, cool. um, who only discovered the show. Uh, or started listening really in the last couple of months. Oh, cool. Um, but in that time has listened to just about everything we have. Um, and in some cases more than once. Hmm. Um, wow. And so, yeah. And so it's been fun. They, there's been a lot of feedback, um, that I've gotten all positive. Um, but something they did comment on is they said, you know, sometimes I feel kind of stupid because Pete uses a lot of words that are like really complicated, like <laughs> like very w- wordy words, words that maybe not a lot of people know. And, and, and they said, I don't know if he's doing it to like sound really smart or like, or like, you know, you know, because I don't, I don't think he means to sound pretentious, and he doesn't necessarily, he doesn't sound pretentious, but they're 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 potential, they're potentially pretentious words. And so, anyways, uh, it's my turn. Today is my day. Please, uh, I just looked up a bunch of words that I didn't. Some of those words I knew. Um, sure, some of elucidate, them I, I didn't elucidate. Know. I did not know. Yeah, hmm. so elucidate means to explain something that is confusing. If so, hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, let me, it's kind of like elaborate. I think it's another, you know, it's, it's interchangeable for elaborate. Mm. Okay. Um, obfuscate is like to confuse someone. Mm. Um, 
what well non sequitur you know what that is um right you know what a non sequitur is i honestly don't so a non a non sequ a non sequitur would be um sort of like an anecdote or a sentence that doesn't make a whole lot of sense contextually when compared to the conversation at hand, oh. right? So if, if we were talking about like Batman, 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 <laughs> and I say, well, that reminds me, uh, my grandmother owned a donkey, um, <laughs> then me saying that would be a bit of a non sequitur. Right. Um, and then my favorite perpetuity is, you know, um, but my favorite one from that list is defenestration. And this is huh. one of the beautiful things about the English language. Defenestration, or to defenestrate, is the English word for to throw, I don't know if it's specifically someone or just an object in general, um, but to throw something, to, to, to heave something out of a window. Interesting. So if someone dies <laughs> and the cause of death is defenestration, it's because mm -hmm. somebody threw them out of a window. Dear goodness. So there you go. Yeah. Can I, can I tell you something? You I, can only if you use layman's terms. I, <laughs> I didn't realize this was a thing, but when you started reciting all these words, do you know what I honestly thought you were doing? And I, I, I quite honestly still can picture it in my head. I honestly thought you were doing some type of bridge over to the Batman movie we're watching. I thought these were all words that at like, say Adam West said that were like uh -huh. in his bat cave. And like, he would be like non sequitur and oh, yeah, it's a non Robin, Robin, Robin. If we don't take care of this situation at hand, we are in a real potential to have a non sequitur. Yeah, like I honestly, like no. every one of those, like I honestly thought that's what the context was. I'm like, I thought these were like words that I just missed in the 1966 Batman. And I, in my head, I was just picturing Adam West saying them. I'm like, oh yeah, totally. They're just like nonsensical words that I don't know what they mean, but probably like were used out of context in the Batcave and. They sounded great right. coming out of him, and that, and then when you actually, like, yeah, like like most things that Adam West said in the Batcave, <laughs> like honestly, um, but yeah. So and you know what? Listen, I it was uh, I got a good laugh out of this when I when I heard this from them. Um, I did too because That's cool. like I am I am very wordy myself. Um, yes, but typically, like if I'm writing an essay, I use mm. I I pull out all the stops. Sure. Um, but, uh, but I, yeah, but I do admit that like sometimes you'll say a sentence, um, and I'll go, uh, based on the context of the sentence, I can kind of <laughs> deduce what he's saying. <laughs> I kind of know what that means, but I'm also not a hundred percent sure. And I don't want to ruin the pace by, by saying, no, no, no. sorry, sir. Can you, can you use a, sim a synonym for that? Can you, can you dumb uh, that down? A, a line bit? I like to use. For myself, is just explain it to me like I'm a five year old. Just, just mm -hmm. please. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I like that. That's very good. Uh, so yeah, so Batman, Batman, Batman. Mm -hmm. Now, question. Mm hmm. 
And this is a question I feel like I've been asking you more and more frequently okay. in this show. Okay. Had you seen this before? Hmm. Interesting question. I had seen. Thank you. <laughs> I had seen snippets of it. I had never sat okay. down to watch it. I had never seen the whole thing. I literally had seen a few key scenes and then I, I specifically remembered maybe the last five to 10 minutes because I was waiting for something else as a kid to come on TV and I just saw the ending. So right. okay. I would say, no, I have not. Okay. Well, hit me with some trivia and then okay. I want to hit you with a couple of hot takes yeah. and then we can unpack this. Please. Okay. My question is a simple one this week and it is one question. So there were a lot of actors that were considered for the role of Batman. Obviously it went to Michael Keaton and a lot of the stars or actors who were considered was like the who's who of Hollywood. And mm -hmm. obviously yep. some might be gossip. Some might be hearsay. I'm assuming you'll have quite a good idea or quite a good idea of which ones are actually true or whatnot, just cause you're a Batman fan, but I'm going to try and throw you a curveball, See if you can see if you can see it coming or not. As long as you know <laughs> that you are showing up at a Star Wars convention attempting to explain how a lightsaber works. <laughs> what? I just, you're, 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 do you know what I mean? Like you're, it, it's, you're welcome, you're welcome to give me this question. But oh, just know. Oh, yes. That you're, yeah. you're showing up, you're, you're, you're a, yep. Yep. a everyday person yep. who is showing up at a cobbler to explain yes. how shoes yes. work. And that's right. what, like, I honestly thought about that. I was like, ooh, where do I go with this question? It's going to be hard to do anything that you haven't heard. It's, it's, right. it's your thing. Batman is your thing. But here it is. So the who's who list was pretty extensive. I'm going to give you four names and all but one were considered for the role of Batman. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. All but mm. one. Yeah. Tom mm -hmm. Selleck. Okay. Tom Selleck. Bill, yeah. Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Yep. Timothy Dalton. Mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, the answer all, is... All but one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the answer... The, the answer... The answer... The answer is Timothy Dalton. Um, and Pierce Brosnan is interesting because Pierce Brosnan <laughs> was Just actually... Like, full stop. Full stop. Not surprised that you knew it. Because most, like a lot of weeks are like, hey, I've got an idea. Let me deduce this. This you're like, no, I can spot this red herring. I've got yeah. this answer tattooed on my, my pelvis. Well, I, just, I knew. I already knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Like I knew the list. I knew the yeah, list yeah. of guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You left out some interesting ones like Charlie Sheen. Yes. Um, and stuff like that. But, um, Sir, and Pierce, Pierce Brosnan, Brosnan was actually the, Pierce Brosnan was actually the studio's yes. choice. They I read really wanted that. him. Um, which I can see, so, yeah. I can honestly see him to be, to be fair. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. And, and obviously they went with Michael Keaton. Um, so interestingly, Tim mm. Burton was hired, um, to do this in 1986. Um, but it mm. wasn't until 1988 when Beetlejuice was super successful right. that, Tim Burton was given the green light to to go ahead with this because you hmm. got to remember at this point Tim this is like not a lot happening from Tim Burton at this point um, he's he's basically an unknown 
Um, and, and refresh so, my memory. This is 1989. When did Scissor Hands yeah. come out? 92. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's, he's, he's super, super, super unknown. I think sure. really the only, the only two feature length movies that he's done at this point is Pee Wee's Big Adventure and Beetlejuice. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and like I said, when the time he was hired, Beetlejuice hadn't even come out yet. Uh, so it <laughs> wasn't until that came out that this was like officially greenlit and, and you know, they had the go ahead to, to start making this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so he brought, he really wanted Michael Keaton, who he had just worked with on, um, on Beetlejuice with. Now, mm. Michael Keaton was an extremely, extremely controversial casting. Hmm. Um, and this is the thing you see this all the time now everyone's bent out of shape about um, everyone's bent out of shape about Robert Pattinson yeah I'm I'm personally excited to see what we get me too um, me too but uh, everyone's bent a lot of people are bent out of shape and they're like oh, it's an awful casting choice because everyone in Hollywood <laughs> or every all, all of the fans always know so much better mm-hmm. um, and we've <laughs> talked about this we talked about this in episode one of this yeah. podcast yeah um, Heath Ledger really the brokeback mount you're gonna get the gay cowboy to come play the joker clearly these movie makers don't know anything about anything and now even though heath ledger is not uh i think it's i think it's an incredible performance i think it's Mm. really overrated i think Sure. sure i think anything that receives that much hype is overrated um but uh but yeah but all those people had to eat their words. Um, and Michael Keaton was the exact same way. Um, Michael Keaton was, up until this point, he had sort of become typecast as a comedic actor. And a lot of people doubted hmm. whether or not Michael Keaton was going to be able to play a serious role. Um, you know, but Tim Burton, Tim Burton was, was hell-bent on him. Um, and hot take number one. Okay, here we go. Let's get it started. Of the films that have been released, because obviously we don't have, we don't have Robert Pattinson's iteration yet. Michael Keaton is my Batman. He is, he is my favorite. I think he is the best Batman, um... Yeah, I think he's the best Batman and Bruce Wayne combination. Um, you get you have some actors who are like, oh, the, yeah, they're a pretty good Bruce Wayne. Um, but then when they put the they put cape and cowl on, it's not quite as convincing. Um, or vice versa, you have, oh, they played a great Batman, but I don't know if they work as Playboy billionaire for me. Uh, Michael Keaton worked through and through for me in both aspects. Um, so. Michael Keaton, in my opinion, is the best Batman that we've had. Um, so that's that's hot take number one. Wow, that is that's a bold hot take. Um, yeah, I mean we'll probably chew on it a bit more as far as when we get into the meat and potatoes of the film. But that mm-hmm. that is yep. a bold hot take. Um, okay. And to be honest, I I kind of knew this a little bit going in, just some little 
teasers that you've given me throughout the couple years about like Batman this, Batman this, this is a good Batman, that's not a good Batman. So I, I can't say I'm shocked that you're saying that. Like I, I you kind of soften the blow, but I'm a little yeah. shocked that I, I guess I'm a little now shocked. Now this is this is not my favorite Batman movie. Okay. Yeah. Bat that we're we'll get to that one in the next Batman film that we do. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. but this is my favorite iteration, my favorite actor who plays Batman. Sure. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you think? First impression of the film? Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, I'll go down my whole grocery list if you're okay with it. Yeah. Well, so if you have a grocery list, I'll just tell you one last interesting tidbit. Please. Please. Um, that I feel like is going to be kind of, kind of just a, a random thing compared to the rest of your list. Yeah. At the time of release... Sure. At the time of release, this was the fifth highest grossing film of all time. I did read that. That was... I was almost going to base the question off that, but that is wild. Yeah. So that it is... was shot for like 40 million. Sure. And it made like 400 and something million. Yeah. In 1989. Yep. Yep. That is incredible. So, which is is big. That's a big bag of peanuts in nineteen eighty. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So my impressions are, you know, in a nutshell, I would agree that I actually like Michael Keaton and uh, is Batman, and it probably relates to I just like Michael Keaton in general. Um, uh, this is definitely not my favorite Batman film. And I would say he's not my nope. favorite Batman, but I honestly think well, if but we all know who your favorite Batman is. Oh, yeah, obviously. Uh, but to be quite honest, I was not disappointed with him. And if there's any hate on him, I don't know if there is in the Batman community or not. I'm not as in touch. I, 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 I actually liked it. I found the Batman role. I enjoyed it. Um, there were some things that I liked. There's some things that I didn't like as much. And I'll just run through my grocery list if you want. Um, sure. Yeah. Well, to answer your question, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's some people in the Batman fandom who don't like Michael Keaton, mm. but I would say that they're definitely the outliers. Okay. Okay. Um, not everyone, not everyone thinks he's the best Batman like I do. Sure. Um, but, uh, but I would say you would definitely be in the minority to not enjoy his portrayal. Okay. Okay. And that's fair. And I think that's a very fair status then. That's, I'm okay with that being a thing. Um, okay. I mean, obviously just character richness. We're light years ahead from 1966. Like 1966 oh, was yeah. a chore in every sense of the word. This wasn't a chore. Um, I liked, to be honest, I liked how we had some depth. Um, we had some human moments of Bruce. I loved just watching him like on a date. I loved him interacting with Alfred. Um, that was Alfred. I don't know why it sounded like Alfred when I said that, but, um, Al Alfred, hey, Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you know, like the little plays that he gave him, like, Hey, Alfred, why don't you marry her? If she's so good. And, you know, just yeah. him muster, trying to muster the courage to tell Vicky that he's Batman. All these kind of human elements that just obviously just did not exist in the 1966 Batman were a welcome sight for me. Um, the villain in this, so the Joker, I think my impression is, you know, 
there are limitations to a Joker who's a little more measurable and has relatable objectives like revenge and um, taking over a crime company and not just like a mercenary for chaos. So I'm, I'm not trying to stir up fire of, hey, Keith Ledger versus everybody else. I'm just saying this Joker was a little predictable, a little controllable, a little one-dimensional, but he was good. I, I think part of that is just... Um, Jack Nicholson and his talent pulling through. So I, I don't think the Joker was amazing. I wasn't as impressed by the villain. I thought it was passable though. Um, okay. The Batmobile was decent, respectable oh, for, the, for the time and the so, context. Oh man, I it's it's also my favorite Batmobile. Oh, interesting. Oh yeah, like like just the it's so sleek and sexy and like my so my favorite car is a '69 Camaro. Okay. Because of some of the 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 curves that it's got, mm-hmm. and this Batmobile has all of the same curves, oh. and it's just so you know, just it's 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 just so. It feels like something that, like, if you look at the inside of it, mm-hmm. like, here's the thing. Right? Oh, sorry, so, are we talking the Camaro still or the Batmobile? The Batmobile. Okay. No, 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 the Batmobile. Yeah, so yeah, here's yeah. the thing, like, and and again, not to jump ahead, but like ah. in in Nolan's Batman universe. Aside from painting the thing black and then whatever retrofit that Fox does to have <laughs> the bat pod come out of it, which is cool, but a little bit bullshit as far as like, <laughs> it's, 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 it's one of those moments in a series that was otherwise supposed to be perfectly realistic yeah. where you're like, well, okay, hang on. What, mm. what did I just witness? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you know, so, but aside from a couple of retrofits that they do, that is, it's it's a military, it's a mass-produced vehicle, mm-hmm. or, or or a vehicle that was meant for mass production. Mm-hmm. Although I guess never, they never, you know, they never ended up producing it. Mm-hmm. Um, this Batmobile, especially the inside of it, feels like something that billionaire Bruce Wayne and his butler had to build in secret in in a cave underneath <laughs> his mansion. Fair. If that is, right. It that's feels inaccurate. like something he's yeah. welded and put together a little bit himself and, but still is super like sleek and sexy and, and, and just some of the tech that's in it. It's, it's not crazy. It's not crazy tech, but just stuff like shields and the whole car mm. just becomes like iron plated. Which, right? which is to actually me, coincidentally, so cool. that was a feature of the 69 Camaro as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I want one. Because yeah. I, 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 it's I'm in a bad neighborhood, and I just think that if any car can take it, yeah, it'd be that. Sure. Uh, but yeah, sorry. So yeah, Batmobile. Yeah. No. 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 I I, I agree with you. Uh, of note, there was a small, like not a large toy, but like a kind of a is it dinky car? Is that the term? I had a Hot Batmobile wheels. toy growing up. And I'm so, curious which movie it will be that I recognize and say that's the Batmobile toy I had. It was not this movie, but we'll see which one yeah, it is. It'll it'll be it'll be um it'll be either Batman Forever or or Batman and Robin. Those were yeah. those are both very okay. merchandise heavy films. Yeah. The whole the whole the whole two films are essentially toy commercials. <laughs> um <laughs> But um, I have in uh, sealed in the package. I have Hot Wheels 
for every screen used Batmobile. Oh, wow. So I have the 66 one. I have this one. Sure. I have the Tumblr. I also have the Bat Pod and the Bat. Um, mm. And then I have uh, a couple from the video games and stuff like that. But hmm. Wow, that's actually pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I thought, you know, again, decent, respectable for the time and context. Some cool features like the voice control and the self-drive feature. And for 1989, that's out of this world. Visually, I actually found it a little enjoyable. Not the most practical yet. And I just picture that from like a, I think you and I maybe differ a little bit. We'll get into this. I liked that it was a mass produced vehicle. It seemed more realistic to me. This is just more in line with something that is true to like a unique Batman-iness. And I think that's just where we right. differ in opinion. So I liked the Batmobile, definitely not the best Batmobile, um, but I thought it was definitely passable. And I think, you know what, and I think that that can, e I think our difference there can easily be explained by this. Sure. You are a fan of Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy, his Dark Knight trilogy. Yep. I am a fan of Batman. Yes. Yep. Right. Yep. So, so to you, um, we run we run into this. I've I've run into this. is a very similar discussion. So, friend of the show Emily Mater, who's going to be returning sooner than you know it. Um, <laughs> she's a big Superman fan. Oh, cool. Uh, but her first real like every most of what she knows about Superman she got from the TV show Smallville. Oh, cool. Uh, which is fine, but if you're going to sit down and have a real discussion about Superman, you need to understand that the show took a lot of liberties with the source material. Mm. It, it did a lot of things that aren't, you know, canonly accurate, aren't, aren't accurate to the comics. Um, and, and so she's a Superman fan, but her basis for that is, is based in a very unique individual interpretation of the character. Um, and I think, I think you and I are in similar boats. Sure. Right? Yeah. Where you enjoy Batman. Yep. But that enjoyment for Batman is based on what Christopher Nolan did with him over the course of three films. Right. Sure. My enjoyment is based on toys I had as a kid, comic books, graphic novels, video games, um, all of the movies. Um, and so it's it's a much different thing, right? Mm. So I can see layers in Tim Burton's Batman that sure. are true to the character that maybe, maybe Christopher Nolan left out mm. and to you, they're not significant because yep. you don't know that that's inherently a part of the character. Sure. Um, whereas for me, I'm going, Oh yeah. Like he really captured Batman <laughs> when he did this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. So, right. but so I, I, I can, I, so I think that I think, I think our difference in approach to Batman is explained away as simply as that. I think that's, I think you've really hit on something and that might be something that just kind of continually shows up that, that could be mm -hmm. the only other thing on the grocery list. And I have more things to talk about, but just my impressions are peripheral characters. So 
to me, the only ones that stood out to me were Lieutenant Gordon and Harvey Dent. And I was a little bit disappointed. What's that? Hey, hey, give the man the title that he's due. He's Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> he's not a lieutenant. He's police commissioner. First private Gordon. Um, no, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> not cadet, not runt, assistant, not colonel, not general. Assistant to the regional manager, Gordon. Police commissioner, Gordon. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I found them a little non-existent from a significance perspective, from a dimensional perspective, as far as character development. So I, I was a little disappointed, especially having Billy D. Williams. I was just, mm-hmm. I, you know, he, he as, as district um, attorney Harvey Dent. Yeah. Like other than like sneezing on screen for like four seconds, he really d- didn't have much of a, is an impactful role as I was like, really expecting. So um, I, I'm just. Will you be more disappointed when you discover that they recast him moving forward? Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Do you know by who? No. Do you know? Who, so in the third, in this kind of four film arc, um, he shows up in the third one in Batman Forever. Oh. Is when we get, when we get the Harvey Two-Face situation mm-hmm. uh and surprisingly uh he's played by tommy lee jones the hell yeah i'm not making that up Why? And, and side and, and he plays he plays uh next to um jim carrey's riddler uh... and so there's a bunch of and it's a it's 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 an okay movie it's a shit film compared to the, <laughs> these first two it's it is a beautifully constructed masterpiece compared to the fourth mm-hmm. um but we'll we'll talk about all that when we get there sure <laughs> oh that is a little disappointing tommy lee jones for yeah okay billy d williams was disappointed by it as well well yeah yeah but it's like, because it's a different director what's he going to do just like tommy lee jones is just going to be on screen like yelling at people like, hey move those pylons over there hey you you kids get off the, get off the yeah. sidewalk hey, yeah, you. you know as he does that's yeah. literally he just yells at people i guess they didn't they couldn't figure out it's billy d williams and they couldn't figure out a way to put him in a cape that would suit uh that would suit two-face and so they're like okay well you you should probably just sit around and wait for the next star wars film um so that you can go back to a cape wearing yeah uh yeah cool um so that's that's your grocery list that's my grocery list i i have one you forgot the eggs i have (laughs) i have a serious question though like i it's been burning a hole in my mind Grill me. I'm happy to. I'm no, happy to answer questions about this film. It's pretty fundamental. It's it's mm-hmm. for the well versed and new Batman fans alike. Okay. And it's 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 a it's a. I just hope you're ready. I hope you're ready to examine it from every angle, from every perspective, and mm-hmm. break it down and convince me and enlighten me. It's going to be a super shallow question, isn't it? No, 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 no. No, no, okay. It felt like you were building it. I felt it felt satirical, like you were building no, this up. I would never. Okay, are okay. you ready? Mm. Was Michael mm. Keaton mm. wearing 
Mm-hmm. A cod piece? Eyeliner. Eyeliner. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Oh, okay. Of course I, he is. I had, I had a little debate. My wife looked at it and was like, oh, he's he totally is. I'm like, he is not. And uh, Oh, wait, wait, wait. You mean like when he's... You mean when he's playing Bruce Wayne or when he's in the bat suit? I guess either. Uh, I don't, th- I don't know that he wears it when he's playing Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all, all, all Bruce Waynes wear black eye makeup when they're in the bat suit. Oh, see, I was um, actually now that I'm thinking, it was not in the bat suit. Like he was at his computer okay. doing some stuff. Um. My guess would be, like, in this, would this be, did he just get back from doing some Batman shit? I honestly think he was just... Do you I know think what I mean? When, like, it could be... Yeah. I think that's when Vicky showed up. just missed some... They had, like, a little heart to heart. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't think so. It's always possible, like, in these films, you mm-hmm. know, like, actors are always wearing makeup to make their eyes pop a little bit, to mm-hmm. make their skin not glisten, to, you know, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And it could have just been they went a little heavy on mm-hmm. on something. Yeah, it, it's possible. So that was the satirical question. I do have a serious one. I think you've kind of but answered I, it. But I don't think I don't think Bruce Man was I don't think Bruce Wayne was in drag, if that's what you're <laughs> we'll like if never that's what know. you're trying to get to. I don't think yeah. yeah. Uh, we can call we'll, like okay I, I'll te- listen I will text Michael after the show um, listen because I told him, him I would talk to him this week anyways yeah it's he's over yeah, yeah well he doesn't like you but I'll I will I'll, oh, d- I'll pass it along anyways oh man he's still upset about that thing eh? he's well you know it's I mean it was the guy's cat like what do you <laughs> you know a man's cat is a man's cat. Yeah. Um, I think you've answered this, but I, I, I'll i just kind of resurface it because there was a question in my mind if you want to add on to it. Just bias okay. and nostalgia mm-hmm. aside, mm-hmm. I think you've mm-hmm. already said it's not the best Batman film, but I'm just, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious what you think this movie has as far as merit from either a story or product, Batman product perspective of why this film's a big deal as far as hey and like obviously like hey we go from 1966 scum on a stick to this which it just seems night and day like this holds up but i'm just wondering what significance this film has just to the to the industry i guess like what nostalgia aside that you grew up with this why should i care about this at all sure uh well so i think there's so many great things about this film first of all uh this film changed the comic book film industry forever um, so prior to this, the most serious comic book film that we had gotten was Christopher Reeve's um, red underwear on the outside. <laughs> Superman. Um, which, listen, and I'm not, no, I mean, no, no. Christopher Reeve's Superman is, will, is and forever will be iconic. Sure, um, sure. But we just didn't have gritty superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have edgy Batman. Um until this until this point um so the, the, like batman that as we know him now really is based on a foundation of this film coupled with some other graphic novels by frank miller and and a few others um but so so it's an, it's an important film as far as comic book comic book films in general go um 
as a Batman film, uh, I mean, it's so again, it's it's there's a lot of really important Batman things that have come out of this film. Hmm. That yellow logo. Oh, that yellow Batman logo. Hmm. Um, the the theme song. So Danny Elfman's theme song, which is not only used in this film and the next, it was used in the 90s animated TV show. It's been used in several of the video games. Um, and most people hear, ba-ba-ba-ba-bum, mm. ba-ba-ba-bum-bum-bum, and they, and they know this is Batman. This is hmm. a Batman, this is Batman's theme music. And probably sure. the most iconic Batman theme music next to, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to take that thing super seriously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but really, as far as like singability and just like, oh yeah, okay, here we go. Um, you know, not to knock what Hans Zimmer does in, in Christopher Nolan's trilogy, mm-hmm. but, but Batman doesn't really have this like, in, in Christopher Nolan's trilogy, Batman doesn't have like a great, just iconic, here comes Batman theme, right? He's got music that you hear and you know, okay, yeah, yeah, this is the Dark Knight music. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there's not that like rally behind and get excited singable or like hummable song not not a um, singular identifiable beat yeah no yeah the way that you know bum 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 <laughs> like true it, it's just so it's such a good theme mm. um so that's exciting this film takes a couple of liberties with um with the origin story of Joker. So in the comics, typically, and definitely up until this point, we didn't really have a name for Joker. He had a couple of aliases. um, But one of the things about Joker was we didn't really know who he was or where he came from. Um, This film kind of is a bit of a play on a storyline called The Killing Joke, where Batman inadvertently creates the Joker by dropping him into a vat of acid. And I like that. I like that Joker. I like a Joker where he's not wearing makeup. Hmm. Where he has been chemically changed on on a, a subconscious DNA mm-hmm. microscopic level. These chemicals bleached his skin. It turned his hair green. Mm, and right. it played some nasty games with his head. I like that. And I like that that I like that that Batman created his his biggest foe. Hmm. That is cool to me. Sure. I like that um that really as Tim Burton has gone on record to say, this film is basically the ultimate battle of the freaks. Because he, because they both are they're they're freaks with different motives but they're both freaks mm-hmm. um, and it really comes down to a duel of the freaks right um, and so that's cool uh, th- again they added this they they changed Batman's origin a little bit in this in that they had this gangster Jack Napier mm. who not only is the Joker but is also the one that gunned down Bruce's parents. Right. It's a fun twist. It's not consistent yeah. with the comics, but mm. it's a fun twist and it adds a level. Tell me, kid, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Yeah. Which is a cool line. It doesn't it really is. mean anything. 
No. But it's a it's a cool catchphrase line. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really cool stuff in this film. I Michael Gao, again, this is my Alfred. We get really? this Alfred for the next three films after this one. And he, to me, is just, he is Alfred. What He's about so Michael Caine? Yeah, I mean, Michael Caine is great, but to me, Michael Caine was too... He's too recognizable as a, I go, oh, it's, it's Michael Caine who's changing Bruce Wayne's socks. No, no, no. I want, it's, it's, there's something mysterious about Alfred. Because Michael Alfred, Caine we don't is, really know Michael a lot Caine about is Alfred's very mysterious. Past. Uh, is he though? <laughs> um, you know, so anyways, you're, you're Michael Gow. You're hoping Michael Caine's feelings. I can't is, do a good Michael is, Caine, I'll stop. No, it's, honestly, it's not bad. Okay. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a, I'm frightened. I was about to try one, but I'm a little frightened now. You've um, done an amazing Michael Caine on it, this show. I've done it show. in the past. I've you done have. it in the past, but I've like worked. I've been like okay. I've worked into it. Now I'm yeah like, yeah. Anyways, yeah. um, I I love Michael Gow. I think he's sure. he's now. I will I will hand it to you that Gary Oldman is my Commissioner Gordon. Big time. Yep. Big time. And just um, a note, I just want to agree. I did. I liked Alfred in this film. He's not my Alfred. He's not the best Alfred, but he. I. I, I liked him. He was good. Okay. Um. So yeah, there's some amazing. There's just some amazing moments, man. There's, sure. There's. I love. I love the right at the beginning. Please don't kill me. Please don't kill me, man. I'm not gonna kill you. I want you to tell your friends about me. Mm. What are you? <laughs> I'm Batman. Like when he like pulls him in, pulls him into his face by the collar and goes, I'm Batman. Mm. To me, that's such a great moment. Um, <laughs> and a moment that's become very iconic. Sure. Like that's, that's like the go-to line. I'm Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think what I, one of my big beefs with Nolan's universe that sure. I think this film nails is Gotham City. Is that Gotham City is this uh, kind of, because of the architecture, it's hard to pinpoint down an exact time setting for this film. Mm. Because the cars that they're driving, some of them are 80s cars, but there's also a lot of like much older cars too. Hmm. And and everything just kind of like from an art purely architectural state. It's very it's got very gothic architecture. I mean the name of the city is Gotham. Hmm. It's very it Gotham is not a place that once the sun goes down you would want to be alone walking around in. Mm-hmm. Because it's just a dark desolate pisshole full of <laughs> scum. Um, and with Nolan's, uh, I, Nolan's Gotham is like the biggest disappointment to me because Mm. it's like, oh, this is Gotham. And I'm like, is it, or is this like Detroit? Is this Chicago? (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, is this, is this Toronto? Like what, (laughs) what city he's on? Like where this doesn't feel Gotham to me. Um, and so to me, Gotham is a very dark you know like even it's broad daylight and they're walking down the steps of the the city hall and it's all like black marble Mm. it's all this like dark 
old. It, it fe- the city feels really old, really mm. old. Yep. Um, and in the comics, oh man, there's all kinds of like history, Wonder City stuff from the 1800s. Um, uh, like there's there's a lot of like really old fun history in the Batman lore in Gotham. Like hun- like over a hundred years before Bruce is even born. Oh wow. Um, and I feel like Burton's Batman leaves room for that. Um, hmm. I want to talk to you for a second about um, Michael Keaton's Batman voice. Okay. Right. So obviously, obviously, um, Adam West didn't really have a Batman voice. He just sounded like a stupider version of himself. Um, <laughs> yep. And we will get into the fact that no, uh, that Christian Bale's Batman voice only only gets worse as he goes. Everyone's talking about like, you know, oh, Bane's hard to understand. Bane's hard to understand. <laughs> What are you talking about? The scariest fact, the scariest fact about Christopher Nolan's Batman mm-hmm. is that when Christian Bale shows up on the scene mm-hmm. in this black getup and he's like, where is and what, what's terrifying about that is he's obviously given you a command that he's going to break your arm if you don't follow, but you have no idea what the hell he just said. <laughs> he could be he could be giving you directions to safety. Right. It could be a life or death situation and Batman is telling you how to save yourself and he's like, You want to end up the death. <laughs> and you're like, What? Wait, sorry, can you hey, just one more time? One more time, just a little little slower for me. <laughs> what? Yeah. the Right? Uh, and so which I hate. Oh my god, I hate. I hate yeah, yeah. Right. I hate it. Right. Um, there's yeah. there's one line. There's one uh, man, Christopher. The possibly one of the best lines, mm. not the best. One of the best lines ever spoken by Batman is spoken by Christian Bale in Batman Begins, and we'll get to that when we get to that. But oh, um, so what do you, what do you think of Michael Keaton's Batman voice? Uh, to be honest, I, I didn't give it much thought. Um, I I'm I'm actually all on board the Michael Ke- Keaton train. I. I I think it's a fine voice. I, I I honestly couldn't even tell you anything pro or con about it. Like I, I just fi- I didn't think it was unnatural. I didn't think it was forced. I it honestly sure. just infused into every scene, and I was cool with it. Cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, anyways, all in all, like I just I love this film, right? I think it's I think it's it's good from a. It's good from a dark and edgy standpoint. It gave us basically the existence of dark and edgy Batman. I love Alfred in this. I love Michael Keaton's portrayal. I think Kim Basinger plays a fun Vicky Vale, um, a great first love interest. Um, you know, yeah, Commissioner Gordon, I could take him or leave him. We do have him for the next three films. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, just everything, just like... There's a lot of fun origins here. There's it's fun it's fun that they've given us, yeah, early in his career Batman so that the GCPD aren't sure yet about this guy. He's a vigilante. Sure. He's we're, we're not trusting him. He's not we're not going to call on Batman. Um and he has to prove himself in this film. Um and so to me that's fun. Um you know, and then at the end of the film they have, you know, he he we have a we have a, a message from Batman and he you know he says he will always be there we you know we only need call 
And the guy says, did he give us a phone number? Like, how are we, you know, how are we supposed to give him? Mm. And he's like, he gave us a signal. And they turn <laughs> the bat signal on and you're like, oh yeah. Like, and the music plays and the bats flutter off of it and stuff. And, it's um, cool. and it's, it, cool. it's just, it's just fun to me that we get a real, um, you know, in Adam West's Batman, he was just he was just a do-gooder because that's what people do. They do good. Mm. Whereas yep. in this, you do get a little bit of the flavor of, I've tried not doing this. It's not an option. Hmm. He's obsessed. Mm-hmm. He's, he's probably a little bit unhealthy. Yeah. As like mentally, he's, he's not all, he could probably use a shrink. <laughs> um, which I like. Batman mm. should be ups- it, You know, uh, he's he's obsessed. He's obsessed with crime fighting. He's obsessed with bringing justice to the scum of Gotham. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I, I did. I liked it. I liked that you get a little bit of that flavor that without Batman, the Joker wouldn't exist. Uh, and if Batman were to die, the Joker would lose his purpose. Uh, and you do get that Heath Ledger's Joker, I feel like, plays off of that, too. You get it that, really you know, does. I don't want to kill you. I don't want to kill you. Yeah. What would I do without you? Yep. Right? You are my fun. You yeah. are, you're the point of all of this. So, um, and and I am, I am curious about the ending of this film, just where we have hmm. the Joker and... Like what he instead of being like an exploded pizza pocket on the ground, he's quite intact. But mm. what was like what was laughing? Like what was Joe like what was he holding that was It was a box. It, it was, was just, just like a, a little is a is a gag gift, a little laughing box that okay. you can Yeah, There's yeah, yeah. Nothing it'd be more like to a, read it'd be like a uh yeah, it'd be like a fart machine, right? Where you put a <laughs> you stick it behind a pillow and it's a remote control. It's the same thing. It just yeah, it's just a <laughs> just, laughing just like a fart gift. Just like a fart machine. Just like you know, just like your, yeah, your yeah. garden variety fart machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Um do you have anything else you want to touch on with this film? A couple things. One's more of okay. an observation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of coming around. Mm. I think Jack Nicholson just plays himself in various roles now like makeup aside yeah like he honestly if you've seen martin scorsese's the departed jack nicholson this honestly was like a warm-up for that role because they both were very similar i found as far as he's got a good laugh in this yeah yeah he's got a good joker laugh I, i read some interesting things about like basically for this film jack nicholson wrote his ticket like he had a lot of specific demands. Yeah, um, like he, the studio wanted him. Yeah. And so there was a bunch of other potential options for this role. Mm-hmm. Um, Robin Williams really wanted it um, and he was turned down. Um, huh. But yeah, so huh. his he, he needed top billing. So Robin that's why everywhere you look. Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, and again, we'll revisit this. Um, he again could have played the Riddler, but Jim Carrey <laughs> took it. Um, uh, yeah, you wanted top billing, which is why if you look at the poster, it says Nicholson and Keaton, mm. not Keaton and Nicholson. Um, oh, so you yeah. wanted top billing. Uh, he got a percentage of the, so his contract, he was going to get a, not only would he get his 
initial money, but he would he also got like a percentage of the box office. Oh wow! Um, and he got to to an extent he got to dictate the filming schedule. Yes, that's what intrigued me the most. Like he, what I read, he had it like negotiated down to this, like he got this many hours off a day. And specifically the thing that caught my attention, like he literally negotiated it in a way so that negotiated it in a way using English to Mm. be off whenever the Lakers had a home. The Queen's English. (laughs) To be off whenever the Lakers had a home game so he could make their home games. Like he just honestly down to like the T just like, just wrote down what he wanted the studio said, yep, give it to him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think. So I think inter- that, interestingly, there's yeah. footage out there of a reporter sticking a microphone and a camera in Nicholson's face the night that Ledger died. Oh. Um, and says, do you have any comment on the death of of Heath Ledger? Mm. Um and Jack Nicholson's only remark is, I warned him. Wow. So they definitely, they had definitely talked and, hmm. and yeah. And, you know, so it's hard to say how method Nicholson went hmm. with this film. Yeah. Um, but clearly thought that it took some sort of toll, that it's, it's a taxing mental state to play this character. Isn't that, just think about that. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I have to say this. I thought the little, the one tacky scene in this movie was when he used put like the tray Batman that is on his tummy, and it caught a bullet that the Joker shot at him. And I, th- I thought that was it's a, a small little, tray. it was a little lucky, you know, that the Joker didn't just go for a headshot or do any other seventy four combinations of things that actually would have killed his ass. But yeah, it was a bit of a stretch. Bit of a stretch. The last thing I'll I'll end this on, and I, I want to bring this up. One of the options that stuck out to me for a candidate for Batman was apparently, and you can confirm or deny this, Harrison Ford. Yep. What? Like again, we talked about um, Tommy Lee Jones. All he does is yell in his roles. I feel like Harrison Ford would be doing that, just getting angry at like just Alfred, grumpy like, Alfred, old what? angry guy. Alfred, what are you doing? Come on, Alfred, why are you doing this? <laughs> exactly. Alfred. Uh, Alfred, I don't want to have to go out there again every single damn night, Alfred. <laughs> I can't do a Harrison Ford, but, yeah, I, you know. I get it. I got to work on it. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, so that's it? That is it. That is all. Okay. Zero to ten, sir. Okay. Where, how would so- you rank this film? It came out very close either scale I used this week. I gave it a 6.1 on my scale. On Marshall's wow. scale, I gave that, it a 6. That is, that is, that is higher than a 1. Oh, it's, it is. I gave it 6 so times the score. 6 times the mm-hmm. score is the previous one. 6 times is good. Wow. Yeah. What would you give this and again when i say six out of ten like i agree i I, it's not a great movie for me but i loved michael keaton and i loved some aspects of it uh, of it i'm not sure if i'll ever rewatch it i might but it was definitely an interesting view right okay yeah all right i'm I'll, i'll say this i'm glad we have 
Michael Keaton. I am looking forward to that to the next couple movies. My prediction is this is going to be like as good as it gets for me for the pre Nolan Batman movies, but I'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, you you haven't seen Batman Returns? No, I haven't seen. I'm okay. this this was the only one that I had seen anything of. Okay, okay. Um, I give this I give this an eight out of ten. Oh, wow! Yeah, I okay. it's so good. I love yeah. this movie. Um, yeah, like I said, it's not my favorite. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's close to the top, close to the top for sure. Cool. Cool. Uh, what'd you watch this week, sir? Okay. I watched two films. I got to Google the other one cause I always get the title wrong. Uh, a long journey. While I look into that, the first movie I watched was a classic that I'm sure a lot of people have heard of called Stand By Me, a 19, mm. late 1980s film um, that I had never seen. I, I think it's in the, the realm or the category of a classic film. Has Is it Joaquin Phoenix's older or younger brother, River Phoenix? River was his... Oh, shit. I was yeah, about I, to I, answer so confidently. I think it's older. His late okay. older brother. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, so he's he's in it. Also, the dad from What About Bob is in it. But uh, it was an interesting film. You know, the funny thing was, I was gifted this movie as a gift literally almost 10 years ago, and I never watched it. And it's literally in a box somewhere in my house. And finally, it kind of came full circle and it was on Netflix and we we're like, yeah, let's watch it. So I finally saw it and it was one of those movies that I'm glad I watched. I, I think I had to watch it someday eventually because it's, it's kind of like a... Because you own it? Well, because I own it, but I think it's also just referenced a lot in pop culture and it's well known. Um, I, I gave it a six out of 10. It was, it was an interesting view. I'm not sure I'll ever watch it again, but I can see why it's talked about. Okay. The other movie I watched was quite different, and it's the only other thing I watched. It's called Long Day's Journey into Night. It was... That's a weird... Believe, that's a long title. <laughs> I believe it was a foreign film. I believe it was a Chinese foreign film from 2018. Um, it was interesting. It's, it's definitely not for everyone. It's like two and a half hours, subtitles, and just the, the tone of the film isn't for everyone. But it was one of those movies that I watched, thought about, talked a bit out loud with, talked with a couple people about. And the more that I'm talking about it, the more I realized there were things that I missed or things that were kind of just not appreciated when I watched it. So it was just okay. a really full, well-bodied film that just kind of needed some time to breathe. And it was a fascinating view. I gave it like literally a seven or an eight out of 10. Um... And there was just some fascinating sequences that were kind of imitating dreams and imagery in dreams. And, you know, there was like a, literally a, like a, almost a one hour sequence that was like a continuous shot. So there's just a lot of things that I just really didn't appreciate. And then when I, the ending credits rolled up and I thought about it, I was like, wow, that was, it was a really interesting film. So long day's journey into night was uh, the second film I watched this week. Cool. What? did you watch this week? Uh, so I watched four films. Nice. Um, three of which I will watch again and again mm. and again and again and again and again and again. 
Oh, wow. uh, one of which I one of which I keep telling every time I've seen it, I'm like, okay, that's it. I don't need to see this film again. <laughs> um, and then I keep watching the damn thing. So the one that I the one that I watched that I probably won't watch again, I hope, is 127 hours. Now look, oh, it's a never good, seen it. It's a good. It's, yeah, so it's do you know you know what it's about though. Very familiar. Yep. Yeah, so it's 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 you know this isn't really a spoiler because it's it's I mean it's the point of the movie yep. is um he's uh, it's based on a true story a guy that is like rock climbing or hiking and he falls into a canyon and a rock pins his arm uh, and he's stuck there for 127 hours until he you know comes to the the conclusion that he's going to have to. Um, He's going to have to use a combination of of cutting through his arm with his pocket knife and then like using the, you know, leverage that he's got with the rock and the wall to like snap his bone so that he can get out and rescue himself. Because otherwise, like no one's going to find him. He's run out of water. Um, it's James Franco. You know what? It's it's a it is a good movie. It's a well done movie. Hmm. I just don't need to see that again and again. It's just, it's such a stressful movie. I, it causes I'm, me so much stress to watch it. I'm familiar with the premise. I'm so well, like I'm so familiar with the premise and I, I'm familiar with who was in it and everything about the film. But even just yeah. you revisiting what it's about and me sitting here, I'm like, I'm like pulling at the collar of my shirt going, Ugh. yeah, it's, you know, it's a great movie. Sure. And if you haven't seen it, I do recommend watching it at least once, but sure. but you probably won't revisit it hmm. over and over. Hmm. So, cool. Uh, cool. The other three films that I watched, are you ready for this? I am so curious. What what films kind of classify themselves as the rewatch, rewatch, rewatch category? I sat down and again, for like the umpteenth time, I wouldn't even be able to tell you. I wouldn't be able to tell you how many times I've seen these. Probably, oh, 10 plus anyways. 10 plus. Uh, I sat down and watched one of the greatest trilogies of all time. Hmm. Back to the Future. Oh, yes, of course you did. Uh, and it's just so good. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's just, it's just amazing. You know, and I feel like at this point you can't really spoil Back to the Future because everyone, you know, at this point you better have seen it. Like I don't, <laughs> you know, but but specifically the end of the second one. Mm. I know, a lot of people don't like the second one. The end of the second one is potentially, again, spoilers, spoilers for the second Back to the Future movie. Uh after after the DeLorean gets struck by lightning mm -hmm. and the guy from Western Union shows up with the letter, like everything from there on is one of the greatest moments in cinema hmm. because it instantly, you know, he says, he, he reads, he realizes, okay, the doc is, you know, he's alive. He's, he's stuck in the old West, but he's alive. And he goes running and the guy from Western Union says, kid, kid, wait, are you all right? Do you need any help? And he says, there's only one man who can help me. And then and then it cuts to 1955 Doc, who, like in the end of the first film, is helping the 1985 original, the Marty from the first film, get back to 1985. 
and you see all that happen and he successfully travels back to the future and doc kind of like celebrates by dancing around in the fire trails and he heads back to his car and then all of a sudden this music starts playing and you see the marty from the second film come running around the corner and and he's just like doc doc and he's like what it can't be you i just sent you back to the future and marty's like i know you did doc i know but i'm back i'm back from the future and doc <laughs> says great scott and he like passes out and hits his head and it's just so like when it happens the combination of the music and what's happening and the intensity of it i get like goosebumps like my hair mm. stands up on on end it's so so good isn't so, it yeah it's, it's, it's been so, it's been a good week for film it's so fascinating the power of film and what it can mean and what it can do to each individual and mm. that's very cool i i can appreciate yeah. that story so okay, can I? Yeah. This this might be a uh, fifteen seconds that someone might just skip over because it's so specific and anecdotal to me. Back to the Future, the trilogy, it to me feels like it can only be watched in the summer months, and it's just super arbitrary. I felt like watching it last summer, and I never got around to it. And I, I'm not watching it now because it's the winter and I will literally wait till the warm weather again to watch it. And I can't explain why, but that's just, no, me thing. neither. Cause like that's, when Marty goes back to 1955, it's oh, yeah. November 5th. Oh, for sure. It's no, November 5th, 1955. It's I know. In, it's in the uh, late fall. I know. All right. It's just a thing. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, uh so, wrap so this thing are, up, dude. So those are the three. That's cool. Very cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. Really appreciate appreciate it. We love having you join us each week. If you haven't done so already, please like, follow, subscribe on all our social media pages below. All the links are below. Um, leave us a comment, leave us a like on the episode page. We love hearing back from you. Um, if you feel so inclined, you can check out our Patreon page, our merchandise page. It's ways for you to help support, maintain, and help the show grow. And it's ways for us to give you some perks for saying, hey, thanks a lot for joining the ride. For all of our Patreon supporters, thank you so much. And for everyone, until next week. Never rub another man's rhubarb. Right. <laughs> Again, that adds on to the Jack Nicholson just playing himself. Yeah. Yeah, that is something Jack would say. <laughs> At a Lakers game. Well, it's because it's, 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 it's a good life lesson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're words they're words to live by. Yeah.